You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Barb Fletcher. Welcome to our series. 52 Practical Tools for Less Stress in Life, and this is Episode 10. Hi, I'm Deb Timmerman, and our goal is to give you practical tools, tips, and strategies to help you have a life with less stress. Today, we'll be talking about the heart-breath comp changes our physiology and how I think it's really the greatest tool that we have. And in addition to that, we have it with us every moment of every day. So last week, we dipped our toe into the conversation about coherence. And we talked briefly about the breath and the heart and the relationship that they have together. Can you share a little bit more, Deb, about the physiology and, and how that impacts um, the heart-breath combination? Our autonomic nervous system really controls 90% of our body functions, and that little keyword is auto because it happens automatically without our awareness, uh, without us having to worry about it. Our breath is something that's with us 24 seven, 365, as long as we are living. And when we get into the state of stress, the part of the autonomic nervous system that is activated is the sympathetic part. So the sympathetic part acts like the gas. It gives us that little jolt of adrenaline to get us out of a sticky situation. And that sticky situation is really an emergency where we're, our life is threatened. But in today's world, that emergency can be overwhelm, fear, all kinds of other things. It doesn't really mean it's a true emergency. It's that we perceive it's an emergency. The parasympathetic, which is the other part, it's kind of the brakes. And they're meant to work in tandem where, you know, we get a little bit of adrenaline and that jolt, and then our body comes back down to what I would call a neutral place by way of that parasympathetic system, and they work together. But in today's world, the sympathetic nervous system is turned on a lot. So we're always under that fight flight mechanism and those chemicals. I remember when I worked um, for the province, I only understood after leaving there that I was really addicted to that emergency kind of feeling. And when I went in another environment, I was like, okay, so where's the problem? Like, what can I fix? And I really was, I was pretty comfortable with those jolts, that sympathetic nervous system being on, on high more than the parasympathetic being engaged. I think that happens to a lot of us. And I can notice when I am on a social media too much and I'm starting to sort of get that inner simmer where I don't always agree with what people are posting and I put my phone down and yet I want to go back for more. So I think we see that in a lot of ways today where we are very much in that fight flight pattern and we're looking to continue that because it becomes comfortable 
and it becomes our default operating system. I'm in a wonderful place on the beach and, and the waves remind me of the autonomic nervous system and, and the ebb and the flow of that sympathetic and parasympathetic. And so this morning I was sitting doing my practice and, and I was just thinking about how good this all feels when you take yourself away from exactly the social media and, and find that rhythm um, in a way for a sustained period of time, as opposed to just the, the short uh, breaks that we sometimes take. What's really important about this is that it's a great analogy for why we need to do something in the moment every day. You're luckily on the beach and you have a great time of escape, but that's only for a period of time. So what are you there for a couple of weeks? And for every mm. couple of weeks, you can get recharged and renewed. But in the real world, you have to have a way to do that every day in the moment. You can't just recharge an hour a week by getting a manicure or, and do we really recharge while that's happening? You know, our mind's typically going in a million different directions. And we carry that sympathetic crazy with us, even mm -hmm. when we're in that space, because we don't totally relax. I was reading something this morning that talked about appreciation and how that changed our perspective. And that really stuck with me. When we talk about the heart breath, how does that drive the change that we're looking for? Because we we talked about needing to do things in the moment. So I think I'll start by talking about this from a different perspective. I know I teach meditation and it's a wonderful tool, but when I get into a meditative state, I need 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes to get myself into that place where I'm fully engaging my parasympathetic nervous system. So the brakes are applied and I do that through the breath and through, I usually don't use a mantra, I just really use breath awareness. But when I use the heart breath, the heart breath allows the brain to know that you're safe and it's the equivalent of pressing control, alt, delete on your computer and syncing up all of your body systems without having to get into that super relaxed state. So oftentimes when I'm explaining what the heart breath does, I use a, a, an EMS person as an example. We don't want an EMS person to show up who's relaxed and lackadaisical and doesn't have his thinking mind engaged. We want them to be in a state of energetic coherence where all their systems are working together, but yet they're able to remain calm. And that's, I think the best description of what the heart breath does, it allows you to dial back that emotional intensity mm -hmm. and access the thinking brain without letting the adrenaline and the cortisol take over and rule the world. And EMS is, is such a perfect example where spoke earlier about being addicted to that adrenaline rush, that that emergency type response without that ability to dial back in between situations they would just be constantly feeling that rush and many of them are many of them are not using these kinds of techniques tools to reset and they are getting burned out and that happens to all of us in that realm i think that's why breath is my favorite tool because breath is always with us and when we get that heart breath 
we can reset super quickly, especially if we practice it, you know, 15, 30 seconds of tuning in and zoning into that breath really helps clear those cobwebs and get you back on track. And it's so fast and it's so efficient. And it's something that we can integrate into our day really easily when we're aware of it. So I believe that we're born coherent. We have coherence. What what kinds of things take us away from being able to maintain and find coherence? Well, when you talk about being born into coherence, our job as a baby is to adapt and grow and learn to interact with the world around us. So if we're in an environment when we're a young child and maybe our parents aren't able to show up in that, our stress response starts to form based on what we know. And all kinds of other things get in the way of that. What we believe, what we hear from media, um, maybe we take on the beliefs and subscribe to all the things that our parents did. And as we get mm -hmm. to be an adult, we start to question those. So there are lots of different ways that kind of get out of that coherent space. Isn't it magical that they're they're come into this world with exactly what we need and and uh, you know and the ability to thrive. So if these tools are so simple and so obvious, why why don't we use them? I I think I've talked about this before. I don't think we're teaching that these kinds of tools are available to us. And with anything new, if we're not aware, it's more difficult. So if you're rearing a child, using some of these kinds of tools to teach them to be able to regulate their emotions, really important. And if you're an older person like I was when I started to learn about them, I think sharing what you do with other people is super important. It's, it's just, I believe, lack of awareness that this is a real scientific thing that you can do that helps you in so, so many ways. People think that it's difficult to do and it takes a long time to, to gain competency. And I think if they only understood that it was much easier and much faster, they would settle in with some relief. Yeah, I think that when I was in doing more meditative work, that probably took longer to learn than these tools did because getting that place of inner quiet and inner ease and inner peace was a lot more work. I was a lot more charged and a lot more turned on. Whereas when I learned some of these tools, it was easy to feel how quickly my body dialed back, you know, in a matter of seconds or minutes versus 15 or 20 minutes. So our call to action this week for everyone is to just pause and notice how many times you're holding your breath. Perhaps it's an emotion of fear, maybe it's frustration, anxiety, anger, all those big emotions that we just almost forget to breathe. And when you notice that, just allow yourself to regain your composure, just, you know, with find that ease. And 
notice what happens in your body. And sometimes I encourage people just to jot it down as often as they notice it because they forget how easily they can regain their composure. What would happen, you know, if you spent more time in coherence? And we know that nobody stays in coherence for the full day, but if, if you spent more time in coherence in that state of flow, what, what would you be able to accomplish in your life? Next week, we're going to talk more about shifting. Until next time. Bye. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.